Hey guys, welcome to Pursuing Jesus. This is episode 18, Do We Blindly Obey the Government? A talk on Romans 13. My name is Shane Winnings. I'm excited to talk about this topic this evening because it was a big one over the last two years. And uh, if you're over the age of eight, you probably know what I'm talking about. I'm going to avoid any buzzwords so that I don't get my content removed. But this is not a talk about what happened over the last two years. However, a lot of decisions were made uh, referencing Romans 13, and I want to make sure we have a clear picture of what that means in a biblical perspective moving forward about governments and about God and the order in which we conduct ourselves and conduct our lives. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Listen, I want to thank you for listening as always that we had over 20,000 streams in the first month. It is so mind-boggling to me. 20,000 streams, that's incredible. And I just want to say thank you. Um, we have over 352 reviews, and they're, I think all but one are five stars. One of them's four stars, and it, wasn't, it didn't even leave a comment. So it doesn't matter to me. I just think it's amazing. Um, you guys are, you're not just listening and stuff, but you're engaging. You're, you know, I've asked you guys to leave a review because it helps reach more people. And then you go leave a review. You know, I look at even, um, you know, I was looking at Craig Groeschel's podcast cause he's very popular. And I think that we have surpassed him in reviews. And so it just, it means a lot to me because you guys, um, you know, we're, we're engaging and, uh, and I just really appreciate it. We're reaching more people. And as always, I want to give you a chance to partner with us. If you don't, or if you've been looking for somewhere to sow, um, consider our ministry. You know, I'm an unpaid missionary. I don't receive a check from anywhere. So we live fully off of donor support. You can support by giving straight to this podcast that comes to us. And wherever you're listening from in the description, it should say support this podcast. And we're asking people to consider a small gift of $5 a month. Um, You know, we're asking for... 85 partners to join us in a $5 a month gift that will enable us to do all the traveling, all the ministry opportunities that we want. You know, I'm getting ready to go out to Bethel, um, in Redding, California, and we're going to put on a little day conference there. We're going to teach people on how to, um, evangelize and, and do social media, digital ministry. And that trip is going to be fully funded by me, which means that it's fully funded by you. And we're doing another one in Miami on the East Coast in June. And so if you want to help us make these things happen, um, they don't pay for themselves, you know, and we want to make the events free. We're not charging the youth to come get trained. We're not charging the youth to come hear the gospel. Uh, We want to make it free. And so that means we have to shell out the cost, but it's worth it. And I know God will provide. So all that to say, if you want to partner with us, you can do it through the the podcast itself, or you can go to shanewinnings.com. Click on Give. That'll take you to our Modern Day Missions page. You can just pray about how much to give, but we're asking people to consider $5 a month. It's a small amount, um, but it does make a difference. So thank you so much, and make sure you turn on the, the notifications. Hit the bell so that you get updates when we post new episodes like this one. So Romans 13, do we blindly obey the government? The answer is no, we don't. Now, what does Romans 13 say? I'm not going to read the whole thing, but in the beginning it says this. Romans 13:1. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, 
and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. And it goes on. It's talking about taxes and rulers leading with the sword, but you don't need to be afraid of the sword if you're doing the right thing. So, I mean, that's pretty strong language. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. So what does that mean? Well, we are subject to governing authorities, but do we always obey them? The answer is no. Now listen, God's word will never contradict itself. It will never oppose itself. And so that must mean that there is a deeper meaning in submit to government than just blindly saying, Romans 13 says, let everyone submit to the government, so we just do whatever the government says. Because if that was true, then we have a lot of explaining to do in the book of Daniel. Now, there's more instances throughout the Bible, but I'm going to use two. One is a very extreme example. One is a more relatable example. So, the first example, Daniel 3. This is the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, Nebuchadnezzar was a king, and he had a very high-profile meeting. He had uh, satraps, which were provincial governors or local rulers. He had administrators, other governors, counselors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces at this meeting. That's a lot of high-profile people. And he gave a lawful order that they must bow down to this idol that he made. It was a lawful order. How do you get around that? Romans 13 says you, you better obey the governing authorities, submit to them. But what did these men do? They defied the order. Now, in today's world, they might have had Romans 13 thrown at them, depending on what circles they were in. They might be called idiots for not just simply bowing down. People might say, hey, listen, God knows your heart. Just appease the king. Just bow to the idol. God knows you actually love him. You're just, you're just doing this so that you can keep your life going, you know, so that you can reach more people for Christ. That's not what these men thought. Especially when faced with death, they did not care at all. Listen to Daniel three sixteen through 18. Here's what they say. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. This is because Nebuchadnezzar had threatened to throw them in a fiery furnace. It goes on, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, Let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. These men feared man not. They feared God more than man, and they feared God more than death. And Revelation 12.11 says that we overcome the enemy, we overcome the evil one, we overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb. Jesus has shed his blood for us. By the word of our testimony, we shame the devil every time we share what God has done. And the third one, by not loving our own lives unto death. When we don't love our own lives to the point of death, where we will literally die before we deny God, we shame the devil in the most ultimate way. Because the devil is sure that when it comes down to life or limb, well, that's where we'll draw the line. We shame him. Now let's let's give another example. Because maybe bowing to an idol 
is clearly wrong, and you'd never do that. And I pray that you wouldn't. I pray that your convictions would cause you to say, no, put me in a fiery furnace. I will not bow to an idol. I I serve God. I fear God alone. But what if it wasn't that cut and dry? Check this out in Daniel 6, and maybe you will understand this because we have all navigated this type of issue over the last two years. And I'm really going to get into this. I'm not going to talk anything about the last two years. I'm going to tell this story, and I want you just to listen. Daniel 6, it was declared unlawful to pray or praise or acknowledge anyone, any other gods, anyone except King Darius, check this out, for 30 days. King Darius implemented a 30-day mandate, 30 days to slow the spread of Christianity and other religions. That's what he did. He implemented it for 30 days. Isn't that weird? Just some just some random amount of time. Just doesn't even matter. 30 days. Ah, uh, 30 days. No worshiping your other gods only. King Darius. So guess what Daniel does? In the face of this new mandate, or maybe it was even a law. Maybe it was even a written law, not just a mandate. Daniel went home and he did what he always did. He prayed aloud with his windows open. And you might know the rest of the story. Daniel was thrown in the lion's den. They were sure that he would be eaten, but he wasn't. When they opened it up, he was hanging out there with the lions, totally unharmed. And when the other man was thrown in in Daniel's place, it says that before he even hit the ground, the lions had torn him apart. So it had nothing to do with the lions not being hungry or anything. Daniel was marked by God. But that's it's it's cool to look at the end of the story and go, oh man, I'm glad that worked out. But think about in the moment when Daniel gets arrested for praying with the windows open. People today would say, dude, are you kidding me? Save your life. Save your own life, man. Just pray in your room. Just close your windows. You can pray all you want. Maybe they'd say this, dude, you're going to get killed. Are you so prideful? Are you so holier than now that you can't just pray in your room quietly? You know, God can hear you. You don't have to pray with your windows open. You are so arrogant that you would defy the king. All he asked was that we'd pray with the windows closed or that we wouldn't pray to anyone else. You're already defying him. You You don't think you could at least close your windows? It's just for 30 days. It's just for 30 days. You're giving Christians a bad name. Don't you know it's the law? How about this one? This one might sound wise, but it's not. Dude, just pray quietly. Listen, if you get killed, you're not going to be able to reach more people for the gospel. Use some wisdom, brother. Come on, keep this life going for the good of God. You see, that sounds smart, but it's actually rooted in honoring an ungodly law, an ungodly mandate. And so it can't glorify God. The means doesn't justify the end. Obeying a law that opposes you worshiping your God can't glorify God. You're just saving yourself. Again, Revelation 12, 11. Listen, it doesn't say we overcome the enemy by prolonging our life as long as possible to reach as many people for the gospel as we possibly can. That's not what Revelation 12, 11 says. It says we overcome the enemy 
by not loving our own life unto death. So here's a hard question. Do you want to do what you think is best to overcome the enemy? Or do you want to do what God has said will overcome the enemy? Because God says that we shame the devil and we overcome him by not loving our own life to death. And Daniel knew that, and so he didn't even care. It doesn't matter what the mandate said. It doesn't matter if the mandate said, hey, for the, next, for the rest of the day, tomorrow morning you could do whatever you want. The rest of the day, you can't worship any other gods. Daniel still would have went home, opened those windows, and prayed out loud. Why? Because he would not be limited in any capacity regarding how he served God. In any capacity, no one is getting between him and God. He feared God more than anything or anyone. Now here's a question. Were the three men and Daniel, were they in spiritual pride? Were they out of line regarding Romans 13? But they defied lawful orders. They didn't obey the law. Why? Because Romans 13 is meant to be a government who is submitted to God. It even says that these leaders are appointed by God. Do you think every single leader that is in power right now is submitted to God? No. That's easy. You can just look. Look at their motives. Look at what they're saying. Look at what they're doing. They're not doing this for God. They're not even doing it for the people the majority of the time. They're doing it for self. Romans 13 is about a government that is submitted to God. Here's how it works. Citizens submit to a government that is submitted to God. So if something is out of line, the citizens, they don't stop submitting to God. It doesn't matter what the government's doing. The citizens are always going to submit to God. Now, are they going to submit through their government? Or are they going to have to bypass the government because the government is out of line? It's just like the other passage that talks about wives submit to your husbands. You don't submit to a husband who is serving Satan and who beats the crap out of you and abuses you physically and sexually and mentally and spiritually. You don't submit to that husband. Your husband should be submitting to God. He is the spiritual leader. He is following Christ. You submit to your husband because he is following God. And in doing so, you are also following God. You're honoring your husband. It is a system of submission and honor all unto God. But as soon as something's out of order, then everything changes. If the husband goes off and says, I'm going to start serving the devil, the wife doesn't go, well, I am called in the Bible to submit to you, so I guess that's what we're going to do. No. She continues to submit to God. You see, a misunderstanding of this chapter and a misuse of its intention and the spirit of what it was written in will cause Christians to obey the government without even considering what God actually wants or without exercising an ounce of faith. Now listen, don't listen to this and say, oh, this guy's anti-government or this guy's just anti-mandate or anti-whatever. I didn't say any of that. There's a reason I haven't even mentioned anything about the last two years. I'm not trying to feed you something. I'm trying to get you to catch a perspective so that you can look at your own life through the lens of the Bible. I don't want to feed you a way of thinking. I want to present things to you and say, this is what happened in the Bible. This is what this chapter actually means. What do you think about it? 
because people that don't exercise their faith will simply copy paste Romans 13 and say, hey, whatever the government says, I do. I'm a good Christian. I'm just going to listen and obey. I follow the law, don't you? You think not following the law is very Christian of you? I've heard that kind of talk over the last two years. Some very, very upset people talk to me like that. But I wonder if maybe they're wrong. I wonder if it's not all about simply obeying the government, but having a personal conviction and obeying God by faith. And even if you're wrong, you're doing it by faith and you're loving in the process. It's not out of pride. I'm going to talk about that. When someone simply copy-pastes this chapter, Romans 13, and they have a misunderstanding or they misuse it, it's also going to cause them to slander, criticize, and eventually ostracize Christians who actually do submit to God and not man. It will cause division. And that's exactly what the enemy wants. So here's a couple key takeaways. One, be in the word and in the prayer closet, submitting to God always. This is how you avoid deception. You surround yourself with healthy community, with strong, spirit-filled believers, and iron is sharpening iron. And you're saying, guys, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? I don't agree with this. I'm not sure about this. You don't want to be a lone ranger off doing your own thing. It's so easy to get deceived if you're not surrounded by other people that are truly walking with the Lord. You need to understand your rights as a citizen of heaven. You are God's possession first, a citizen of your country second. Don't get that out of order. Don't hold American values or wherever you're from above your allegiance to God. America, guess what? America, it's going to get burned up one day. Your country, it's going to get burned up one day. We're going to be with God forever in heaven. And we'll be on the new earth. Don't ever put loyalty of anything before God or it's an idol. And you've already messed up the first commandment. Now listen, you can honor your government while standing in your convictions. If you believe your God-given rights are being infringed upon and you're willing to stand before God defending your position, then don't let anyone get in the way of that. These guys weren't rude to King Nebuchadnezzar. They they, They didn't talk down to him. They just said, hey, listen, if you want to put us in the fire, so be it. But you need to know that we fear God more than you, more than your fire. And even if God doesn't rescue us from this fire, let it be known that we were in faith and that we would not bow to your idol. I mean, that's a pretty strong response. What are you going to do? Now, there's somewhat of a caveat here. Listen, you can't just listen to this and go, yeah, you know what? Oh, all authority. I'm going to I'm gonna resist it. It's all ungodly. These people are horrible people. You need to be in the word. The only time I would ever put up any type of resistance is if something violates my conscience or attempts to kill my faith or destroy what God's called me to do. Here's an example. Churches that are gathering in a time of sickness. We are called in the Bible to not forsake the gathering, the ecclesia, the physical in-person gathering. And we also serve a God who heals the sick. He doesn't use wisdom like we've told other people to do. Well, I haven't told. I say we as the body of Christ has told people in the last two years, hey, you need to use wisdom. You shouldn't open your doors. You shouldn't meet in person. You shouldn't have this. You should be doing that. 
And we think we're talking about heavenly wisdom, but we're actually tapping into earthly wisdom, which the Bible says is sensual and demonic. God has heavenly wisdom, and he moves upon our faith. Jesus would have had church in a pandemic because he did. There was many diseases, there was leprosy, and he went into those areas, and he touched them, and he healed them. He touched them. They're supposed to walk around yelling unclean, and Jesus inserts himself into their uncleanness and says, hey, be clean, be healed. This is God's will for your life. And we have the great privilege of walking that out by faith. And some people have varying levels of faith. We shouldn't hold it against them if they don't have the faith for that. And they might say, well, you can't say I don't have faith. I'm just using wisdom. You know, you can kind of call it whatever you want, but it's not having faith. Because if you did have faith, then you would show it. You would do it. That's why James says faith without works is dead. If you really have faith, then your life will prove it. Your actions will back up what you say. So we don't hold it against people who don't have faith. People who don't have faith shouldn't hold it against us because we do. Now remember this. In extreme situations, martyrdom is biblical. It's biblical. Even in Revelation, check this out. I think it's Revelation 6. The martyrs are crying out for vengeance. When are we going to be avenged? And Jesus says, wait. He says the number of martyrs is not yet complete. That's That'll make your head spin. Because actually opposing martyrdom is opposing God's will in the end times. In Revelation. Jesus says the number of martyrs is not yet complete. That means there's going to be more. So if there's going to be more, we can't be praying that there would be less because Jesus says wait to the ones who've already been martyred. Wait a little while longer until this number is complete. That's crazy. We don't know God's plan, but we trust him, and we know that dying for our faith is one of the highest expressions of faith we can show. We show the devil we don't hold on to our own lives so dear that we would deny our God. But listen, most of us listening to this, we're not being killed for our faith. And so we don't oppose martyrdom. Daniel and the three men, they didn't oppose martyrdom. They opposed corrupt government and ungodly laws and mandates and were willing to be martyred as a penalty of their actions. They saw what the end result was going to be if they stood against the government and they did it anyways. They didn't go out trying to get martyred. They just did what they always did, which for the three men was not bow to a false idol. And what Daniel always did was pray with the windows open. They weren't worried about what was going to happen to them. They just said, hey, I don't care what you say or do. I'm going to keep serving God unlimited, unrestricted for the rest of my life. There's nothing you can do. If you want to kill me, that's fine. I'm going to go be with him. Some people would tell him to use wisdom, but listen. You better make sure that you know what you're standing for and you've counted the cost. Jesus is worth it all. And remember this. We are accountable for everything we do and how we do it. And I want to end with this. God should be getting the glory even in your defiance of government mandates or laws or ordinances or whatever. 
If you do this in pride, if you do this to stick it to someone, if you do this to get attention, if you do this to make others feel bad, if you do this out of any wrong heart, one, I guarantee you it's going to be obvious to everybody else and they're going to know. But two, you should be very worried because God knows the condition of your heart. God knows, and it says he searches and he judges your intentions. So stay pure, stay sober-minded, and submit to God. If you're standing on a godly conviction and you're in faith, don't let anybody talk you out of it. Amen? Well, listen, I hope this encouraged you to get a different view on Romans 13. And I encourage you to share it, like it, give us a rating, give us a review. If you've never reviewed us before at this podcast, go on Spotify and Apple, drop a review. On Apple, you can leave a written review. We really encourage those because that helps people decide to listen to this podcast. I have a new book out. It's called I Will Always Overcome. It's available paperback and ebook on Kindle. It's only $10. I Will Always Overcome on Amazon, or you can buy it from my website, Shane Winnings. Dot com. It's a devotional designed to take you from fear to faith, from anxiety to a place of confidence and boldness in the Lord, and it will teach you how to pray. It's really powerful, and it's what transformed me six years ago, and it's been transforming me ever since, and I finally turned it into a little devotional, so go check it out. Let me tell you about Faith International University. It's an incredible college. It's an accredited Bible college. They have... Uh, bachelor's degrees programs, master programs, and doctoral programs. You can check it out at faithiu.edu. The best part is you go to school at your own pace. If you're busy like me, you want to break up your schoolwork or your homework or your classes, you do it at your own pace. It's all due at the end of the week. It's, it's incredible. Go to faithiu.edu and click Request More Information. You could talk directly to the Dean of Students. He's also the Vice President of the school. He's also a really good friend of mine, John Wheeler. Listen, we're doing a historic stadium event on September 3rd in Dallas, Texas. One Voice Student Missions, which is the Jesus Clubs and Gen Z for Jesus. We are teaming up with Lou Engel in Upper Room, and I'm calling on 50,000 people. 1,000 youth and parents from every state, I'm calling on you. Will you come represent your state on September 3rd in Dallas? Go book your plane tickets. They're going to be cheap if you book them now. Go book yourself a cheap hotel room or an Airbnb or come with the group and split the cost. You don't want to miss this. 60 years ago, Engel versus Vital, they took prayer out of schools. Kids used to pray a 22-word prayer every day in schools. And this court case removed it. They removed God from schools. And you can go look at the statistics that crime increased, poverty increased, homelessness increased, scores in school decreased. All of this happened instantly when this court case happened. And we are contending that it would be reversed and that God would be put back in schools. So go check it out. Events.GenZForJesus.com or you can go to my social media and click the link in my bio. You can register there. It's absolutely free. Check me out on Instagram at Shane.Winnings. I'm on TikTok as well, but I'm shadow banned there right now, Shane.Winnings. Or my YouTube, which is actually exploding. I just hit 100K subscribers last week. I'm already to almost 125. I'm so thankful because YouTube is not centering my content. So if you want to see videos, if you want to watch 
uh, my TikToks or my Instagram videos or longer sermons or whatever I upload, you can go on YouTube, and if you subscribe and turn on notifications, you'll never miss one of my posts. Whereas on Instagram, I've been shadow banned recently as well, and you might not see my stuff for a long time. So go check that out. And finally, I'm going to pray for healing like I always do. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for this friend that is listening. And I simply pray this, God, in Jesus' name, be healed right now. Every bit of pain, every sickness, every limitation, leave in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you next time.